Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/try. Go to Shopify.com/try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/try. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 81 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make that theater happen. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcast streaming services, so go back there and fill your boots, and if you have a spare 30 seconds or so, just please rate and review the podcast to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. And now for this week's podcast, Long Day's Journey Into Night, Eugene O'Neill's American classic about a family dealing with the relentless struggle that is addiction, just finished a highly successful run at the Wyndham's Theater after transferring from Bristol Old Vic. And, uh, well, that did take a while, uh, nearly two years, but it, it finally got here to London. And um, this isn't the end of the journey for Journey. See what I did there? <laughs> The uh, the entire company are packing up and heading to the Brooklyn Academy of Music for the month of May before heading west to the Wallace Center in L.A. for the month of June. So for those of you listening on either coast, uh, try and get your tickets now or get in line uh, and wait for returns. Uh, you will not be disappointed. In this episode, I got to talk to the play's five performers, uh, Leslie Manville, Jeremy Irons, Rory Keenan, Matthew Beard, and Jessica Regan. I mean, that was quite a journey for the play, and... Okay, all right, (laughs) I'm going to keep doing this, aren't I? I apologize, but it is, I suppose it is a journey. Uh, I I wanted to get a sense of how each of the players came to encounter this classic for the first time. Have a listen. Kind of, first of all, what was your first encounter with this play Long Day's Journey um, you know a lot of people on this it's their first kind of encounter with it I haven't read it but it maybe not have seen it before But I saw Olivier when I was playing in this theatre 40 years ago uh, 45 years ago I saw Olivier do it at that theatre oh really yeah um, I was Playing here in Godspell, and I saw I saw the, the, a matinee over there, and uh, that was the first time I saw it. Uh, I suppose we have a similar um, 
theatrical history, Americans and Irish being, you know, as particularly with O'Neill. So yeah. yeah, it was definitely very much one of the ones in the canon that I was very much aware of. Um, uh, I'd never done it before. I'd seen a production in Dublin actually before um, years ago, mm. but I had I studied drama um, academically in college in Dublin, and I think we did study it uh, or at least read it <coughs> in college. So. Um, yeah, I'd worked with Richard before, and um, and I happily, happily, I didn't have to audition because there's no guarantee that I would have got it if I did audition. But yeah, he asked <laughs> Thanks, me to, Uncle Richard. Yeah, he asked me to come along, and I was I was delighted to to do it. Um, but yeah, it's always been one of those plays that it has that kind of weird, that brilliant dual thing for an actor, which is that it's incredibly, it's got this incredible kind of theatrical history. Yeah. And also, it's very uh, performance friendly, if yeah. you like. I mean, it's very verbose. We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the more of that, great. I mean, f- for actors, I suppose, because it, uh, it 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 gives you a lot. I was aware of this play. I think I caught a very old version of it on television many moons ago. Mm-hmm. But thank goodness I was aware of it because I had a hunch there was an Irish maid in it, <laughs> and when I saw it announced in an interview with Leslie Manville she said um, next year I'm going to be doing Long Day's Journey in tonight with Richard Eyre and I'd worked with Richard before and I thought and I was coming out of a long television job mm. and I thought well I I think Richard Eyre might be looking for an Irish maid so I sent him a very cheeky email saying I hear you're looking for a buxom peasant because that's how she's described in Excellent. the thing and uh, and he was he was he delightfully offered me the role yeah, no I hadn't read it and uh I hadn't read any Eugene O'Neill at all. Um, I'd heard of him, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't have the same... Um, we don't... Stud- well, I don't know. But very few schools study him here, you know. Right. We're too wrapped up in our uh, Shakespeare and our... Well, you, if you've got Shakespeare. Yeah, you yeah. know, I guess cling on to what you've got. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I mean, his name had always been battered. I, know I did English literature at university okay. as well, so, you know, his name cropped up Perfect. on several times. But, um uh, but no, I never read any of the plays. Uh, I have to say, even when I read this, um, I didn't immediately get what the big deal was. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I'm sort of finding out that that seems to be true of a lot of yeah. great plays. It's not until I start doing it out loud. Well, it, I, I saw Jack Lemon do it, actually. Um, but I was really young. I, I, must, I was probably about, I don't know, 16 or 17 and apparently Kevin Spacey was one of the boys I don't know which one but I don't remember an awful lot about it um, so it wasn't on my radar for those reasons but it came on my radar when Richard Eyre and I were doing Ghosts and he said to me then when we were doing Ghosts um, would I like to play Mary Tyrone so um, I, I had a look at it and um I mean, I kind of, by that point, I I sort of trusted him implicitly, really, because what what he mm. did with Ghost, I mean, he didn't adapt Ugh. this, obviously, but what he did with Ghost, with the adaptation, mm. and what we achieved with it, with the production, was so, you know, extraordinary, and one of the best things on stage I'd ever done. I, you know, you, it's one of those things where you sort of almost think yes without reading it, you know. I mean, I knew it was a great, mighty mm. piece of work, um, so I mean, obviously, I read it, and it was just a no-brainer, really. You know, there was no mm. way. And then, 
And then, um, so, you know, Richard and I were sort of on board, as it were, for quite some time. And then, uh, and then you know, he started to think about Tyrone's mm. things. Yeah. Having transferred from Bristol, the London cast introduced two new Tyrone boys, played by Rory Keenan and Matthew Beard. I wanted to find out how it felt to be joining such a well-established cast in such a critically lauded play. Um, I've never had to do that, so it was, it, it was, I just wanted to get a sense of how it was. And um, I also asked Jessica Regan what the perspective was like from her side. Have a listen. But we didn't have much time for table work and stuff, you know, we only had just over two weeks rehearsal. What? Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, because so, um, Leslie and Jeremy had already done this play in Bristol for uh, about two years ago now. Yeah. Um, and due to their commitments, and, and Richard Eyre was finishing his film of, of um, King Lear. So uh, that left us about a two-week window where we could all be together. Um, that's that's pretty astonishing. Yeah. So we... We did. We think we did a run on like day five or something, <laughs> and then and then just ran it every day. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've never I've only done one play before this, so like, I don't know how it works with the directors. But the director I worked with on that as well was very much up on your feet on yeah. day one thing. So yeah. so table work's still a bit of a mystery to me. But um, I sort of do it did it myself beforehand yeah. and. Spent all of Christmas learning the lines, which is, you know, especially when you go home for Christmas, you go back to your own family and you're learning the lines for this play. It's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's you real. start dissecting. Yeah, God, it gets, everything gets get really, very dark. Really yeah. quiet. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have time to, to think about stuff like that. You know, the yeah. accident was just like, <laughs> just yeah. do it and see what happens and, yeah. and wait for that. Come late. Did you, did you, I say, did you do this at Bristol? Or, or no, I didn't. No, so, no, I was just asked to come so along. You, this, yeah, yeah, so you had, I had two weeks of rehearsal. That's what I hear. Or yeah, what? we had. Well, we, I think three in in total. We had we had what, uh, we had two yeah. with with um with the, with the with the covering cast, right. which was really helpful actually, just to bandy it about mm. and hear it and stuff. And actually, what's weird, but uh, Richard's great because as I said, I've worked with him before on on a, on a, like a six or seven week rehearsal in the national that they mm-hmm. give you lots of time, obviously, as you know there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, and um, but I but I I didn't feel any more ill prepared on this one, yeah. even though we had three weeks. I think it's just the way uh, Richard works. It um, he, he's an incredibly kind of lean director. Um, in that anything. He, he will only speak when it's absolutely necessary and he trusts and casts well so um, so yeah it felt it felt really comfortable and we had loads of previews and it was it was it was um, it was it kind of I shouldn't say it but it's all felt very easy yeah. not for, you know for such a difficult thing it felt really easy well, I'm not sure I just think if it does feel easy that means it's in sitting in the right place yeah you know you're not trudging through treacle to get yeah. to what you feel is the right show. Exactly. And, rhythms and, everything else. and you know you can fall back on the play as well. Yeah. We know that the play, is, the play works yeah. and, and it's a great place, which yeah. is a bonus. Um, it can be difficult when you have new cast members to kind of re... re not, it's not rebuilding a family. and It's not difficult, but it can be awkward with the guys coming in going, oh, you guys have been together all this time. or no, But it wasn't too... If anything, it was almost the opposite from the point of view of like, 
it felt in Bristol with such a short run with mm. three and a half weeks. That is a short run. And for you for for this epic play, which you can mine endlessly for mm. new moments, it felt like we were only just getting off the blocks when, when the run came to an end. Mm. So there was a, a sense that we'd unfinished business, yeah. definitely, and that there was a lot more to to, to excavate, mm. basically. Um, and I think Matthew and Rory just entered the process with the most open um, hearts and fabulous spirits. And Richard Eyre, you know, casts really good-hearted people, I think. He he likes to, he wants to have a nice time. Oh, yeah. We all do, you know. I think he's paid his dues. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he he's... Uh, I just I, I thought well, I thought with Matt and, and Rory you know they they very much kind of um, we've all tried to make this feel like a family and even though mm. I'm Kathleen you know she's kind of the outsider in a way but we are a company of um, five and of course our three covers as well mm. so eight in total um, we've tried not to kind of have any sort of tiered situation I don't think that's particularly mm. healthy yeah, particularly yeah. for small kind of intimate casts and um, it's such an emotional play I think you have to kind of be kind to each other and it's just it's just too hard (laughs) to not to not look after each other and and show up for each other and finally since it had been two years uh from the bristol old vic run i wanted to ask the company that played the old vic how it was coming back to a role and whether or not anything had changed from that time to the present day and uh, it's interesting how both Jeremy Irons and Leslie Manville used the same terminology. Have a listen. You guys look like you're playing and having fun up there. And what I'm trying to say is, like, is it just is it it just keeps growing night after night, or is it, it does? There's, it does, just, it there's does. such a playful thing. You defend her and then you question her. You, all these things that you're playing with are very apparent. So. What's it, has it been? What's the journey been like, kind of from that first time? Still, now you're coming towards the end of this run. Few it's been on. a very difficult. I mean, it's it's lovely. It's lovely playing it, but it's very interesting. Olivier said this was the hardest part he'd ever played. Oh, really? He played everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, he played Othello. He yeah. played Macbeth. He played everything. Um, And it's a, it is a very hard part because there's because there is all that mm. snake-like change of, um, uh, of of dealing with this person who is there sometimes, not there sometimes, partly there sometimes, and I'm talking about Mary. Yeah. But I think the important thing is you, you have to... He has to love Mary. Yeah. That's the yeah. important thing. Uh, that's a good... And, and Leslie is very easy to love. Um, but it's it's a serpentine journey. Yeah. I mean, you have more solid stuff in Act 4. Yeah. And in a way, you know, one of the nice things about the character is because he's talked about a lot by the rest of the family and and, people have their views on him and you know there's no doubt that his way of life uh, is partially to blame for Mm. Mary's situation 
And, and the fact that he had no father after the age of ten means that he's not a very good father. Because um, <clears throat> he hasn't had a role model, mm. do you know? Mm. Um, mm. So it's been, you know, I constantly work at it. Refining it, changing it, trying different things. Um, it also helps to keep it fresh. Yeah, of course. Because it's it's mentally quite draining. The whole play is for all of us. Um, you you know when, when we're tired, when you're um, uh, you know you're not so much physically tired as just mentally tired yeah. at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested about in how you keep runs fresh and yeah. how you keep a show alive. And things that don't change die. We know that. Yeah. So there always has to be not big change because the production is what it is, but just within it, it has to have blood flowing through its veins. Yeah. Um, and that's our challenge. You know, doing that seven times a week. Doing it very well. I'll let you get to stage. Coming here. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Jeremy and I talked about the different kind of type of space, but also the the audience kind of opening this play up and, and the set being slightly different as well. But mm. has it been fun to come back to Mary well, for and, me, and bring I, it? I, I think the big thing that's happened is that something almost happened without you knowing it. I mean, I, I it's ended up being nearly two years since we did it. But because I always knew I was going to do it again, I think something in the iMac of your brain doesn't erase it. So you hang on to it. And I think it was always, even though I was doing other jobs over those two years, I was always thinking about it and returning to it. So for me, it felt like um, something that had like marinated for mm. two years. And I did used to have thoughts about speeches and just different feelings about it. And... So when Richard said we were going to, A, have different boys, mm -hmm. and B, you know, nothing we'd done before had to be repeated, we could rediscover and all of that, I thought, well, that's just great, because that's what I was ready to do. And um, I think it's sort of, for me, richer and fuller, and I think I've... Um, this is quite personal stuff, actually. But I think I've developed as an actress in the two years since I did it. I think I've sort of developed um, um, a, a, a greater bravery, confidence and bravery. So I ca I've kind of gone to... I've gone even further mm. down the rabbit hole of Mary this time, I think. <laughs> Jeremy Irons and Leslie Manville there. Now, before we wrap up, if you're a theater professional, uh, head on over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Curtain Call. 
We'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com. I have to end here with a massive thank you to Jessica Regan, Matthew Beard, Rory Keenan, Jeremy Irons, and Leslie Manville, and the entire company, uh, everyone at Long Day's Journey Into Night, which is just closed in the West End. If you missed it, I'm sorry, but it is heading to BAM the Brooklyn Academy of Music, to those not familiar, before it heads on over to the Wallace Center in L.A. And later this week, I will be bringing you another Curtain Call Understudy special with the covers from this show, and it's a great, great listen. Safe travels, everyone. Break legs, and all the best on the American leg of the long day's journey. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.